0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: The first divisional matchup of the season. The Eagles are three and zero. After they absolutely took it to the Commanders today. Thanks for joining us on the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jesse Taylor. I'm here with Victor Williams as well as Rachelle as always. We have a special guest today to join us too. But another dominant performance by the Philadelphia Eagles offense and defense. Jalen Hurts, another 300 yards in the air. Three touchdowns today. Spreading the ball around as they have the last two weeks. And we are here with you to talk about you know, I don't even know how we're going to talk about through a full through a full show here, Vic, because I was just telling Rachel before you hopped on, like, how do we how do we keep a show going when there's nothing to complain about?
2: Uh, well, we could the second half. I would like some more yeah. points.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would always love some more points. We can get nitpicky and, and do what we need to do to, you know, actually have a, a legitimate conversation because there are things to be a little bit irritated about here and there. There I complaints. I don't really have any complaints but there are things that could be improved upon to continue the season being as happy as it is right now
2: yeah certainly uh yeah definitely i would like i would like to have seen some more points in the uh in the second half but as far as the first half if you would take like the first half of the vikings game and the first half of the washington game and kind of meld them together and make that a full performance then there's no no way you're beating sure. this team but i remember um Sirianni stating at one point last week that uh, he told Shane admittedly to take the gas uh, to, to take the foot off the gas. Maybe it was the same scenario here, but after the first half, I mean, there's not much to complain about as we're trying. The second half is mainly just trying to uh, just to get out of there with the win. You did your work. Just make sure the defense does their job and the offense tries to keep the ball on the field. I think that was the uh, the goal primarily in the first half, but yeah, not a whole lot of complaints. If you were to, to look at the first half as, as
3: a whole.
1: Right. And I, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe, did the Eagles have any penalties today, if only um, a few?
2: Uh, not that I recall. I can pull it up for you, though. I'm looking real. at it
1: now. And I, again, so here's here are two things that I didn't notice happen because the Eagles played so well today. One, Jalen Hurts was sacked three times, apparently. Didn't recall that even remotely happening.
2: Because some of them were rushes that were just behind the line of scrimmage. So. Right. So I
1: was like, <laughs> I don't. I, I was like, oh, he wasn't touched today. And I looked at it and I'm like, hmm. Um, and then the other thing is the penalties. So the Eagles apparently had five penalties for 52 yards. I don't remember penalties. I don't remember yeah, penalties happening even remotely. Um,
2: uh, a face mask, I remember at one point. It was a point, face
1: mask towards the end. I remember
2: that. That's the only one I recall, though. <laughs> I
1: don't remember anything else.
2: Yeah. So, well, it's it's good to see after the, all the flags that we saw the first, the first two weeks, especially the uh, ineligible men downfield that we saw quite a few times last week. Uh, I'm glad our offensive linemen aren't just like track runners and taking off off the line of scrimmage. So that's good to see. (laughs) And that was
1: something that uh, I think Nick Sirianni addressed this week as well was that penalty specifically and how that often that was occurring for them. And it was, you know, he he took a lot of the blame for it. So good on them for kind of adjusting that there. But if you want to get nitpicky, so, okay. 400 yards of total offense today. They ran 68 plays. Strangely enough, the commanders actually ran 74 plays, um, but that is comparative to the 240 yards of total offense that they had. Um, Mm -hmm. 328 yards in the air, 72 on the ground. Um, And then obviously there's the touchdown differential that, that happened as well. Um, But other than that, you know, lots of positives here and there, but I do think that, if we're going to, to look ahead and, you know, our, you know, kind of key takeaways from what you can look at as a, a a negative, I guess from, from this performance is that same thing happening again, you know, scoring all their points in the first half and, you know, not making adjustments for, for the second half. You obviously know that another team is going to make adjustments if they're down 24, nothing. But, you know, I, I think that that's going to be something that I know they have, an easier quote unquote schedule to finish out the season. But when you play a team like the Packers in November, something like that, Dallas, when they potentially get Dak Prescott back in December. And if they are, if listen, if they somehow manage to keep themselves together before that, something like that, because you know, it's a divisional game. They're always competitive, blah, 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 all that crap some of these games that might be a little bit more competitive than the garbage Washington commanders, that's not going to fly.
2: Yeah, not certainly. I'm trying to find the time of possession. It was pretty equal. Actually. The Eagles had the ball 32. Washington actually had the ball longer because I guess the drives in the second half um, um lasted longer. But like I mentioned, if you're going to play the way you do in the first half, I guess you can afford to kind of coast in the second half, I think that zero points combined in in the last two second halves, I don't think they scored at all Mm -mm. in the, in the second half against. uh, Minnesota, but yeah, when you're, when you're sacking your quarterback six times in the first half and you are, and you're, and you're putting up the yards that, that Jalen hurts and Devontae Smith did in the first half. Yeah. You can afford the luxury of, of trying to survive the second half. You know,
1: I just think that, you know, going forward though, if they don't come, come through with any sort of adjustments at all. That's it's gonna come back to bite him in the ass at one point or another.
2: Yeah, they relied heavily on the defense in the in the I don't think the defense led up in the second half. It certainly wasn't a defensive issue. Obviously, the, the, the commanders didn't score until the uh into the uh until the end of the half. But yeah, the offense offensively you want to develop some more consistency. We didn't see a whole lot of really anything, um, especially through the air as a lot of Hurts running, trying to just, I guess, chew some clock. We didn't even see a lot of Miles runs. I don't recall Miles ripping off any significant yardage in the uh, in the in the second half so yeah the offense is just their job is to stay on the field trying to eat up eat up as much clock as possible and have the defense try to uh just try to try to keep the team out of the end zone but with a 24 point cushion it's more you take a more conservative approach is what I assume Sirianni's goal was
1: sure so so let's talk about the defense we've hinted at it a couple times when just sort of having this conversation about the offense the defense had themselves a day it's the most sacks they've had in a game since I believe. When they played the New York Jets, they had ten sacks against the New York mm. Jets in 2019. Um, and that Jets team was was terrible, and that was just a fun time for everyone. This was, I mean, what was it? Four in the first quarter alone. They was that the uh, Skandrick
2: game, that Jets game, was that the Skandrick game when he had like that return touchdown? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah. That was
1: a pre that was a pre COVID Eagles game. Oh,
2: yeah, I don't remember too many of those. No.
1: <laughs> so. It was too long yeah, ago.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it. It also helps that the old habits of Carson Wentz were on display. Um, I thought that I haven't watched a ton of Carson Wentz since he since he's left the city. Um, but just watching him today, I truthfully forgot number one how poor the pocket awareness was. I didn't recall. I guess if I went back and watched it, I would. But I didn't realize how horrible he was in pocket awareness and his sheer refusal just to throw the ball away. I know he can be uh, frustrating at times, but man, there's a lot of those plays where he is running around trying to make something happen, and you got to survive to live another down. But yeah, when the Eagles sack wins three times within the first five minutes and six by halftime, I think that's the most in franchise history. Uh, that's that's a pretty big hole to to dig yourself out of. Yeah. And the Eagles were pretty content with allowing Carson Wentz to try and continue find rhythm through the air, and it just wasn't there today for, for Carson.
1: No. And, you know, I, I do think that in the first half especially, like, unfortunately they had, they lost their center last week for the season. Mm -hmm. They brought in another center, but moved their guard to center. But then the guard that was playing center got hurt. And then their right tackle got hurt at one point. So the offensive line was bad. We know that
2: pain. We know that pain. pain. (laughs) I
1: don't think the play calling did him any favors in the first half either. And I thought there were a couple of times where his receivers didn't get do him any favors either, which we've also very much seen. I agree with you. He, but you know, he was Carson Wentz was Carson Wentzing, right? As the game same started, old,
2: same old deal. The defense harassed him. The Eagles came into the game today with three total sacks in the first uh, in the first two games, and obviously had had nine today. I think the rundown was Brandon Brandon Graham had two and a half. Good to see him uh, coming off that Achilles injury. Reddick finally had a, a much needed showing because there were some fans wondering where he has been and his uh, his pass coverage snaps even though it's like under ten percent I think the amount of snaps he's playing in in pass coverage but it was good to see him get after it. Yep. Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, TJ Edwards all got in the mix. It was just a sack party out there. Everybody got one. And it's good to see because in the last couple of years, the uh the, the pass rush has been lackluster. And it, it's not see to turn a new stone today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So in order to look into these a little bit further, we're actually gonna bring Johnny Page on to come talk to us a little bit. We're gonna look at one of those Fletcher Cox sacks, talk a little bit about that because they were just they were all just so fun. They were all so fun. And I'm 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 just it's it's such a good time. So I can't wait to talk even further about one of our favorite guys who also Has been getting a lot of a little bit of a hard time over the last couple of years because hey
2: he was cooked last year he looked cooked last year i'm glad that that was a a poor narrative i'm glad that that was false
1: we love we love when things like that happen and those narratives get turned around especially for a guy who's done so much for you know this city this this organization to, you know, an all-time Eagle and Fletcher Cox. So, Johnny, take us away and, and talk to us a little bit about this this beautiful, beautiful sack that it was.
4: Yeah, will do. Firstly, I was just thinking, has B J ever had an English guy on? I've been listening for a long time, and I'm hoping I don't scare the audience off. Um, right, so, yeah, Jess asked me to break down a certain play, and I thought I'd go for a sack because there was a lot of them to choose from. Um, so I think Jess will play the play in a second as well. I'll give you a little background to it first. There's a lot of talk after week one about whether the Eagles should play more five-man front and more Jordan Davis. Um, we know that Washington likes to run the ball. So the play I'm going to show will be a first and 10. And the Eagles came out in five-man front with Jordan Davis, Cox, and Hargrave all together. So that was pretty cool. Um, but then that means you've got Graham and Reddick as your edge defenders. And Gannon doesn't want to rush five on first down very often. So if you watch the play, what's really cool about it is Washington go max protect. So they leave seven men into block. Um, they only release three on routes. So the two on the outside right. I imagine it's a sort of three-level stretch type play and the running back leaks out. And Wentz actually makes the right decision and wants to check it down to the running back. But Graham doesn't actually rush, but just by being there as an edge position, that Washington obviously has to commit to him. So Washington actually leaves two tight ends on his side and they literally, if you watch the play, just stand there doing nothing. Then they have to double Jordan Davis because that's what NFL teams have to do. That's the benefit of having a huge guy in the middle. And what that actually does is it leaves Cox and Reddick, arguably your two best players outside of sweat, at least pass rushing one-on-one with the right guard and the right tackle. So you're basically sending four men against max protect, which is seven blockers. And you're getting your two best pass rushers on the play in one-on-one matchups. So it's a really cool use of alignment. It's a really cool use of using the five-man front. It shows the benefit of using the uh, five-man front. Also, Graham doesn't even rush the quarterback, and people will get annoyed looking at that, like, oh, Brandon Graham's in pass coverage. What are we doing? But that's the idea of the of the five-man front. Guys will have to drop into coverage. It's the idea that offences don't know what four are going to rush on what play. And it's literally, the second I saw it, I thought it was a really unique design, but they managed to get Cox on a one-on-one and Redick on a one-on-one against seven uh, pass protectors despite only rushing four men. So it's a pretty cool design. Um, I think Jess might show it here, which might make it a little bit easier.
3: All right, now they got commander swag. Well, Wentz, right into the pressure. It was Fletcher Cox.
4: Right, it's a very short one. But yeah, it was one that stood out. And I think it's, it's something to look for in the future. Um, just really quickly as well, because uh, online it's been very much like five-man fronts are good, four-man fronts are bad. Um, obviously, the problem is that you then have less men in coverage. So other teams are going to look at this and you might see more teams um, trying to take advantage of that. Um, Graham is obviously not going to be good in coverage, but that's not the point. Um, when you wonder how do you get matchups like that, how do you get Cox one-on-one? Sometimes it's something as simple as just different alignments. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a very simple play. It looks very easy because Cox just completely blows off the right guard. Redick also gets round, um, but they wouldn't be one-on-one, especially against Max uh, Protect without Jordan Davis for a start. Although he can't rush the quarterback at this point, he is always going to command double teams, and it's quite impressive that they choose to double team him over Hargreaves and Cox, who are literally either side of him and are far better pass rushers than him. But especially on first and ten, um, when you think Washington might run, yeah, it's a cool little play that hopefully the viewers can sort of understand now how the Eagles got that one-on-one matchup with their best player, arguably anyway.
1: Well, that's pretty part. That's pretty on brand for the Commanders, I think. I think that right there, that. And Ron Rivera not throwing out the challenge flag fast enough. I think those two things are yeah. the epitome of this is the Washington for I That was college.
2: definitely coming back if if he gets it out. 100 I mean, that- <laughs> If
1: he does that the right way. 100%. But that's, I mean, and, and you're completely right with all of that, Johnny. And I think one of the things we were looking forward to most going into this season was, you know, everyone was still lukewarm at the very most positive with Jonathan Gannon leaving last season and going into this season and we looked at what the eagles did with this roster and what they brought in what they've done what they already had and you know they draft a guy like jordan davis and they bring in some of these other corners that you know we finally have legitimate corners that we can actually trust in coverage and not you know chew on our nails and hold our breath when the ball is soaring through the air and you know don't even get me started on the excitement around the linebackers as well and but this was something that we all kind of talked about and said okay if he can't make it work and if he can't figure out how to get creative, get the sack numbers up, get the takeaways up and, and actually be able to control a game with their defense, you know, he's, he's going to have to go. So I think exactly what you're saying in the different kind of play designs. And, you know, you don't love to see Brandon Graham drop back in coverage, but (laughs) some of the things that they have working in there, you love to see that from Jonathan Gannon from a growth perspective and having us as fans, having a little bit more confidence in what he and the defense are going to bring to the table going forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Eagles defence, just quickly, I was listening to um, the Athletic Football Pod as well recently and Deontay Lee made this point that actually he was arguing that it's not about your biggest strength anymore. It's about what's your weakness. Where is the Eagles defence weakness personnel wise right now? If you're an offence going up against us, where would you look to target genuinely? Both cornerbacks are good. I think... um, uh Tronti garda Johnson is a little bit slow, it looks like in some of those vertical shots when Slay is maybe playing up. I think he's learning that position. Epps looks good, the defensive line look good. They've got edge rushers, they've got about four or five defensive tackles. It's a really hard team to game plan against. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to watch how opposing offenses are uh, target them in the future. Because at the moment, I really don't see an obvious weakness.
1: If I had, to, I would say say I would I was gonna say safety. If you if you had if like gun to my head, I had to pick one. I would say safety. I wouldn't say it's a like, I mean, it, it could be weaker adding, you know, CJ Garner's
2: weaker good. before the trade. That's for sure. Yeah, because
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. like Marcus Epps, but I mean, he, he likes to just like hit people as hard as humanly possible yeah. and not
2: I'll take actually. I'll take, I'll, take <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. CJ, Uh, like, like Johnny said, I think he's like learning on the job as this was. We remember the one throw to McLaurin, I believe I think slay yeah. gave the coverage to garner johnson at that point and assumed he was going to be there and he just wasn't because slay is, is been fairly well in handling uh a terry throughout throughout terry's career anyway so to see that happen somebody miscommunicated uh somewhere but johnny i was i was wondering because you pay attention a lot more closely to the defensive line than probably i do and most most others <laughs> um we we the snap count was made a big deal obviously in week one i think it was 22 snaps it went up a bit in week two, not in terms of numbers, but I think it went up in terms of percentage. And obviously we haven't seen the, uh, the snap counts this week. Uh, do you think that Jordan Davis had, has been misused? Do you think that they're just bringing him along slowly? Are you underwhelmed with what you've, with, with how he's been utilized thus far? Do you think it's just you know
4: par for the course? Yeah, people are going to, and I promise the viewers, this, this question was not planned. People are going to hate this answer. It's not a hot take. But I don't <laughs> actually think he's been that good, if I'm being completely honest. And I think people sometimes forget that the first week was, obviously, it wasn't just about him. It was more about the fronts they were using. It right. was the two high safeties deep at all times. So the box was light. So it was going to be hard to stop the run regardless. But Fletcher Cox and Hargrave are really good. Right. Wilson Williams is very, very good. So it's not uh, to be honest he didn't play much in college either I think he's gonna have to work on conditioning it looks like they only want to use him in five-man fronts at the moment so basically whenever they run those bare fronts or five-man fronts whatever you want to call them he will play but I'm not overly concerned mm-hmm. to be honest my biggest thing week one was just how deep the safeties were that that to me was a bigger issue <laughs> than yeah they were pretty deep it, I mean I, I, I talk about this all the time my, when I write but football is, is basic sense is just a, it's, a, it's a mass game if you're running against six-man boxes and you've got seven blockers then unless you've got unbelievably good players you're gonna struggle to stop the run um that's why teams have to bring a defensive back down and we saw it last week with the Vikings just outright refused to bring a defensive back game a, a defensive back down to help them in the run game and then when they're actually tackling Sanders he's sort of six seven yards downfield he's got ahead of steam it's so much easier for running backs to break tackles in the open field um so I'm not overly fussed about Davis I think he'll come on fine I think he'll continue to get better but I think arguably he's been the full four fifth best defensive tackle this year so he's probably played about the full four fifth most snaps at defensive tackle and I think people forget that Williams Cox and Hargrave are really good it's not like they're playing a complete nobody in front of him so I would like in the future him to be used more in four down fronts Um, but at the moment if he's just going to be used as sort of a nose tackle in five-man fronts I'm sort of okay with it to be honest.
2: Sounds good to me. I wanted to hear it from the pro. That's <laughs> well,
4: some people will disagree with that big time. So hey, I'm, 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 all, for I'm all for it. I'm
2: I didn't want to believe that that Gannon was using him the wrong way, but I, I I'm more reassured now that hearing that he's just the fourth best. Which being the fourth best defensive lineman on this roster is not a bad thing. No. So I'm glad to hear that.
1: <laughs> this, I mean, the fourth best on this defensive line is going to be the the best on another defensive line. So I'll 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 take that any day of the week. Do you think that? What they're doing right now is going to be, you know, sustainable against offensive lines that aren't the ones of the Washington football team. Do you think that what what they did today, will that be as successful against better offensive lines that are stronger and more put together and more well gelled, I guess, than what we saw today from the commanders?
4: Yeah, I think they will because they've got good players. I'm still not – I'm I'm not Gannon's biggest fan. Um, I don't I, – I find it very difficult with him because I, I can't make up my mind. I really can't. He has some weeks where I really like him. I still think at heart, my big problem with the Eagles' defence is I think at heart he is conservative, which is completely fine when they're winning games. I think that's the best way. I think having a defensive coordinator who's conservative when you're winning games and you have a lead is great. I still wonder what's going to happen when there's – seven, eight minutes left of the game and they were touchdown down. Uh, Are they going to risk it a little bit more to try and make a play or are they going to sort of keep it steady? So I don't think what they're doing at the moment is wrong. But I think at the moment they're benefiting from the offense being really good and the offense giving them really big leads. And that means more. I mean, you to be honest, I don't know what Washington were doing on offense in the first 10 minutes, but you saw a lot of (laughs) seven-step drops. You saw a lot of deep drops. And that's perfect for the Eagles because they've got seven men in coverage. They're quite happy to play zone coverage for three or four seconds. So the pass rush are going to get time to get home. I think I still worry about motion. We've seen them have problems with that in the past, about the kind of like McVeigh offenses But then again, they handled the Vikings really well last week. Um, So I I would love to say I'm really optimistic. I would like to see them play a real offence. And almost, obviously, I don't want them to lose, but I'd like them to fall behind and see how Gannon handles it then. Um, that would be the next test for me. But looking at the schedule, I think, uh, fingers crossed, it might be a while and, until we face say. that. Because, <laughs> we're not going to see some... that for yeah.
1: a
2: while. But...
4: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, you know, if you look at the schedule, I don't know if we're actually going to have to look at that for a pretty long time. And I hope that that's the case because if it's not, I'll have further questions.
4: Well, Doug is an excellent coach. So next week won't be easy. Doug will, he'll, 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 he'll be working hard. Um, so next week won't be easy on defense. I'm pretty sure the reunion tour continues.
1: <laughs> next week is going to be a fun one. At home too. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be bad when Carson Wentz comes back to the link. It's going to be.
2: Bad. It was bad today. <laughs>
1: it was bad today, and he didn't
2: crazy. even announce the guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. It was bad today. It's going to be bad. That's that one's going to be bad. Is it going to be bad when Doug comes back? Do you think that he's going to get booed, or do you think that he's going to be cheered? I can never tell with Eagles fans
2: uh he better get cheered he brought the city its first title like what, what do we have to it's not like he was like Wentz and just gave up on the city it's that he like basically went to the organization and was like if i can't bring my coordinators then i'm out and it was just a miscommunication and then he left it's not like Wentz who just like you know kicked and screamed his way out the organization i think doug's time just worn out similar to andy which is rough after you know winning the title a short time ago uh, but I don't see why fans would would boo him that'd be that'd be surprising if that happens
1: I'm with you today yeah, had I to, mean you, oh sorry go ahead Sorry. I was going to say
4: you got, you guys are the Philly guys so you know way more than me on that but they but they better not boo Doug next week yeah, I've only been that? to Philly on. once and <laughs> oh, it was a it was a loud crowd I watched Eagles Cowboys a fair few years ago but they can't boo Doug that would uh no, that, that'd be one too far
1: yeah I would agree but I there's 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 always going to be those couple that you're like can you just can you just
5: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: We're going to bring Rachelle in as well while we're kind of here hanging out talking about all the different things that have gone on today and what we're looking at going into the Rest of the season in the next couple of weeks, especially with some of these interesting games coming up and, you know, ones that, you know, from a from an X's and O's perspective, the Eagles should have the upper hand. But, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, we we never get our get our hopes too high just to see what's going on on Twitter and see if we're the only ones having these conversations. We could do a fun thing here. We do three words to describe whatever either the victory or loss, whatever it is. Thankfully, we've done three words to describe the victory for all three of these games. So, Rachel, what is going on? Are people as are people doom and gloom about this? Not scoring points in the second half or are people riding this this defensive wave? What do we have going on here?
3: A lot of people are definitely coming for wins for sure, as expected. The first one I saw when I popped on here says Winces funeral game, which it very much so was. But there's also a lot of people who are just positive and optimistic about the win. Like it says another team win. Somebody said less up and go, of course. Down goes wins. Um, I saw nine haunts wins, bittersweet wins. So, I mean, some people are definitely a little bit concerned when it comes to how the birds finished um somebody said big sack attack still undefeated first half dominance but i saw second half offense question mark so for the most part oh second half points for the most part people are positive but you know they're like i said they're still concerned about finishing strong
1: so everyone so everyone's positive about the win but there's definitely everyone there's an awareness of what's going on here um Question of just in in general about today's game to to everyone was this or was this not Carson Wentz's worst nightmare of what could have potentially happened? Getting sacked nine times by the Philadelphia Eagles defense while Jalen Hurts threw for three hundred forty yards and three touchdowns. Uh,
2: yeah, I'll let I'll let uh, Johnny go first because I'm sure he, as as an outside Philly guy, I want to hear his perspective on this.
4: Yeah, it, that must have been as bad as it gets. <laughs> have, like, be honest, be honest here. Did anyone feel a little bit sorry for him?
1: I actually yeah. kind of did. At one point, yeah, I was yeah. just like, "At one point, I was just like, yeah." Because here's if yeah, if, no. if we know anything about Carson Wentz, he unfortunately does not handle pressure well. So scenarios like this, where this could have been, you know, you get to play them again for the first time, in your home field, you get to, you know, show them they made a mistake. You get to play this way, that way, and and and. Taking nine sacks and, you know, having 24 passing yards through three quarters is pretty much the epitome of how he performs under that kind of pressure. And that was always the biggest complaint about him. He, he can't perform in crunch time. He's not a clutch quarterback and he cannot perform when it comes down to it, when you need him the most, that was always the biggest complaint. So, you know, by the end, when he's just getting absolutely ravaged back there, I was kind of, I was, I was a little bit like damn, he couldn't just do do anything to to just feel good about it. Feel good about nah, it.
2: Nah. Hey, man, he finished with 200-plus passing yards, and that didn't even look like a sure thing in the, in the first half. The only worst thing he could have done, which he did, was like, so 24 yards and six sacks in the first half. And if to add to injury, it's the fumbles. Like, he's basically, he had to have gone into this game with some type of mindset that I'm going to at least You know, like, show the Eagles something. Like, show them that I can still play football and maybe, like, they should have wrote it out with me. And the way Hurts played and the way that Wentz played and with Wentz's shortcomings and the much, uh, you know, maligned uh, fumble woes and taking the sacks and refusing to throw the ball away, all of that was egregiously on display today. And all it did was solidify to the Eagles fans and the organization that they made the right choice by letting this guy go and eating the biggest cap hit in, in, I think, league history it was at the time. So, if anything, all Carson Wentz did today was reassure the organization that we did right by moving on from this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was brutal. It was so brutal. Uh, he was purple by
2: the end of the game. Literally purple. He was so red that he was discolored. <laughs> like, come on. That is rough for the guy, man. I mean, it is. I thought he was really going to get benched by, like, the third quarter. I was like, hey, and I, Taylor Heineke, like, played well against us. Man, Carson might be, just, might be just too emotionally shook to deal with this. If Taylor
1: Heineke doesn't march into... The I would. General manager's office tomorrow. Kick that door down. Go- are, are you sure? Are you, like, are, Pull a Minshew. Are you kidding? Pull a
2: you like, bro, bro, like what I got to do to start, man? Yeah.
1: <laughs> In case you were wondering, um, the railing did not fall at the tunnel today, but yes. a- Our you know, quarterback
2: is okay. He
1: our quarterback, well, almost, a commander's fan threw a full beer, can of beer at him. Didn't hit him, but did that happened. So, also coming his way. <laughs> same railing that's now reinforced.
2: I saw like uh like uh photos or something like this morning of uh, of the railing, like the same railing basically. Was it like nailed down harder this time around? Like what did they do? Did they tape it? I like, think they happened?
1: reinforced it and they definitely put up a sign that said, um leaning, sign, huh? they the leaning on this railing is prohibited.
2: A sign, like that just cures all, huh? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and there was apparently also a group of Eagles fans that was wrapped in caution tape, standing by it, like trying to protect ever like protect everyone from it and the FedEx Field security confiscated their caution tape.
2: They should take some of uh, Wentz's contract and like renovate the stadium. <laughs> 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 that's probably money better money spent at that point.
3: It's such a and it's leaking, which is just disgusting. I saw
2: it leaking. Yeah, what is no, going no. on over there? Man?
3: No. <laughs> like I
1: want it, it it would be such a fun and easy like let's go to an away game, but there is no way in hell that I'm setting foot in that dump. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I had the chance to, and I was like, FedEx day. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think I'll pass this time. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, oh, God, it's so awful. All right. Let's just give one quick, how are we feeling today? What are, what are your emotions? How do you feel? And how do you feel going into next week again for another home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Vic, what are you feeling?
2: Uh well, we're undefeated. You can't, ah, uh, you can't, uh be can't feel anything, but but happy about that, especially with the way that Jalen Hurts is looking. And it feels like again, it's three weeks in, and this and that. But three early on, it looks like that the organization might have to worry too much about how they're going to use those first round picks next season. If if Hurts continues to play like this, I'm intrigued to see what the MVP odds look like after today, especially with the Chiefs losing to uh to Indianapolis. So maybe Hertz is gonna make some more uh get some more traction on on Mahomes in the race. But the yeah, the undefeated three and oh the Bills and, lost uh, as
1: well, correct?
2: Bills lost too.
1: But so oh. so what is it? Is it Jalen and Tua? Are the, uh, are the top ones up there right now?
2: Before before today was uh, it was Allen Mahomes and Hertz were the top three, and I don't I don't know how two would look today. I haven't seen yet. But
3: and he have like he got taken out of the game for some. Yeah, he
2: was stumbling, concussed, so and all that, and they kept him in right there back. for whatever. He put
3: him right back. Yeah. And so...
2: Miami team doctors need to get need to get looked at. But um, <laughs> but yeah, feeling good. Uh, obviously with Jacksonville next week, I like what I've seen from Hertz. The three passing touchdowns should calm everybody down yes. for a little bit. Everybody was screaming about only having one through through the two weeks. Although he looked good, so three passing touchdowns, not Pretty many rushing yards from him today. Uh, if he continues the pocket precision, I think I think we're in good shape moving forward.
1: Sounds good, Johnny. What are you thinking?
4: Yeah, two things. One, and I'll touch on more this week. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get negative now. But Eagles' run game today was horrible. Um, looking at some more advanced stats like EPA per play, their run game was really bad, and that's something that I don't think they can uh, that can happen really too often. But the good news is, let's stay with the positive. I was watching Hurts in the pocket today and there is no one around him, like ever. The pass protection is... And I think Hurts has been brilliant this year, so I'm not taking anything away from him. But that must be a hell of an offence to play quarterback for because the pass protection is incredibly good at the moment. And then the two receivers and tight end that he's got, I mean... I must admit, I've been not critical of Devontae Smith, but I've been quite clear that I think A.J. Brown is significantly a step up. Like I think A.J. Brown is quite clearly, I see it more of a one and two, not a one A, one B. But I, I might end up looking a bit foolish with that because Smith looked more like the one A uh, today. Some of those catches, the one in the end, the touchdown, and I don't really think he got in on the sideline, but because Ron Rivera can't throw his challenge quick like, uh, I mean, enough. Caught course, in so his he pocket. He it. was like, oh, where's the so, <laughs> Where's the flag? Yeah, so we'll, 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 uh, we'll take it. But yeah, that'd be my final thought, is just how loaded the Eagles' offensive uh, is. I, don't really care. I mean, Hurts has been brilliant, but if you can protect the quarterback and you've got two elite wide receivers and a top five tight end as well, then this offense is going to score points. But yeah, final negative, just get the run game going and then this offense will end up scoring more than 24 points and not being shut out in the second half because that's the reason why. It's because when they're running out of the flock, they, they're just simply killing a few downs and not really taking over games like they saw last year um so yeah maybe my guy trey sermon gets a little bit of work but maybe that will come in the future i'll shut up about him from there he was inactive today
2: so
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Rochelle, what about you
3: this thing is just hurts like we always talk about how we want to see him like building um stacking good performances and so we already saw like the first three games mainly the last two, have been like really, really strong performances on his end. So just making sure that he's continuing to show us what he can do. Um, I was kind of upset during the broadcast. Like in the second half, they were talking about how we still want to see him do better as a passer. But I'm like, he has showed us already that he's doing better as a passer. So I kind of want those narratives, like just, you know, like I want people to chill out with that because he's proving to us that he can be a passer as well. Also, uh, just a little nitpicky, CJGJ, like I know he is um, – new on this roster and he's still young and still learning, but I want to see him have a little bit uh, better performance next week. Um, I think he can have a bounce back performance. I don't think this was like his best game. Um, Some of the stuff I was questioning that I saw from him. So I'm going to be looking at him a little bit too next week.
1: Yeah. I'm in total agreement. I think, you know, you're loving what you're seeing, but you want to see more. You want to see more as the game winds down and you want to make sure that they can have the ability to close out a closer performance. I mean, maybe we'll never see a a closer game. Maybe we won't need this to ever be a thing, but if it comes down to it, you know, you need to know that you can rely on either the offense or the defense to close down on either side, whatever you need to need to get done. But like Victor said, they're three and oh, like you, you can only complain so much three and oh right now, sitting at the top of the division. We'll see what happens. The giants Cowboys game is the Monday night game this week. Is it tonight or Monday? Monday. It's Monday, Monday. It's okay, Monday. so we'll see. We're
2: Dallas fans, right? For that game. Sadly, you don't want the Giants to remain undefeated. No, so. you don't.
1: <laughs>
2: so it's Cooper Rush time. All right.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Knock hope, off I just hope both teams like. have fun. Can they both lose? That's where we are.
2: Yeah, I would prefer a tie. A tie would be. Tie.
1: We'll take tie. it. A tie would be tremendous. Also, <laughs> watching Eli Manning like watch and be on the broadcast while a tie shredding Daniel Jones. I would, I would be a big, big fan of that. But I mean, three and oh, who can complain? No one. So we'll talk to you next week when we're four and oh.
2: There's a good chance we're undefeated through the bye week. I think Arizona's probably the toughest game. I don't you know if you guys would agree with that. I, you uh, Jesse, are looking at the Cowboys, I don't know why. I'm never scared of the Cowboys, but the Cardinals game is probably the one that's going to be the toughest. If they take care of them, I think there's a good chance they could be undefeated by the bye week.
1: I would agree with you. I think, and I, I more so also only think that the Arizona game is the most difficult one because of only because of the travel involved. Honestly, like Uh, it's it's less of the Arizona Cardinals football team that I think is going to be tough by that point, and more the fact that. If they're on, you know, if they're like six or seven and oh, by that point or whatever, you know, whatever week that is, like if they're still undefeated or, you know, whatever and one and they have to go all the way to the West Coast and all of that has has L written all over it.
2: Trap game, you're saying huh? a little bit <laughs> more
1: more that than the actual t- because I'm sorry, that team just doesn't.
2: Kyler's the best quarterback we face, though, probably before the bye. I'm not a big T-law guy, and Cooper Rush is probably going to be in Dallas. So, unless – Kyler's probably the best quarterback, even though he has his – you want (laughs) to talk about highs and lows, that's Kyler Murray.
1: (laughs) Kyler (laughs) Murray is the the epitome of highs and lows in in one single game, actually. It's not even just the full season. It's one single game. He's the greatest
2: quarterback in the NFL in the final 45 seconds of a game.
1: (laughs) You're probably right on that one. And and you know this this comment right here from MK is also true. You know Jacksonville looked good today. They looked good last week too. You can't overlook them, and we're not saying to overlook them. But the Eagles are.
2: I'm more scared of Trevor. Doug than anybody on that roster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you okay? Put Fletcher Cox in his face, and I think we'll be all right.
2: Yeah, I ain't scared of the Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah. Let's. Go. I
2: always liked Zach Wilson more than him personally.
1: I don't. I don't get the whole Trevor Lawrence thing. I don't get the
2: the hair, dude. It's the hair. You know.
1: I, Y'all got I the same the hair. hair. You should know. You <laughs> I hate his hair. I do. I like. I've never understood like c- completely being enamored with Trevor Lawrence, but that's just that's just me. So golden
2: locks, golden
3: locks, man. No,
1: no, get out of here with the sunshine BS. I'm not doing it right now. So yeah, I'm not doing it. We're going to be positive based on today's win. We're going to be four and zero when we do this show next week. So thank you as always for jumping on with us, watching this post game show, chatting with us. Thank you for all your comments, keeping up in here, Johnny. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today to break down some stuff.
2: No problem. Over the sea. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in town.
4: <laughs> what time is it over? Oh, 10 today? o'clock. I'm yeah. shutting down that laptop. After to bed watch the games in the moment so. he's waiting for us to get off this
2: thing like stop talking
1: <laughs> you please get out of here all right so we will let you go to bed then and we'll go finish watching the rest of the rest of the day of football from myself victor rachel and johnny thank you guys so much for jumping on for the bgn instant reaction show make sure that you're like subscribe following everywhere we got a bunch of stuff coming out on bgn this week and we will talk to you next week